Is paying tithe a fire insurance premium against God's coming judgment? Well, we're going to talk about that next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? The Mormon Church and the Mormon polygamy groups have consistently used fear of end times events to scare people into obeying their false prophet leaders. <laughs> Historically, yes. Mormonism has made prophecies about the second coming of Jesus, and every single prophecy has failed, confirming that they're <laughs> false prophets. That's true. The polygamy groups especially use this as a fear-mongering technique. That they say, do as we say, and you'll be safe when Jesus comes back. But Jesus said, do as he says, and beware of what men say. Jesus said, those who are of the truth, listen to him. And when we listen to Jesus and believe his teachings as recorded in the Bible, we can know the truth and be set free from the fear mongering that is perpetrated by power hungry, money hungry religious leaders. In December of 2019, two whistleblowers charged the LDS Church with stashing at least $100 billion of members' tithing money into secret investments. A lot of money. And uh, it's called religionunplugged.com. It says, a whistleblower complaint filed at the Internal Revenue Service in November by a knowledgeable church member alleges that a nonprofit supporting organization controlled by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints used member ties to amass more than a hundred billion dollars in a set of investment funds and the church misled members about uses of the money. Ensign Peak Advisors, Inc., EPA, owned assets under management grew to more than a hundred billion from ten billion in the past twenty-two years fueled by a mix of investment strategy and tithe money from church members. The whistleblower document alleges that EPA has given away no money to religious, educational, or charitable, char charitable purposes. Charitable. <laughs> I don't think we can even fathom how much money $100 billion dollars billion is. Dollars, yeah, yeah. Billion, yeah. yeah. Now, we, we hope that a full investigation will take place, but we're not holding our breath. No. In the whistleblower's letter to the IRS, it states that, quote, the EPA, and that's the investment fund company, the managing director said he didn't know uh, what the money would be used for or whether the Lord would ever reveal it to the prophet. <laughs> but in the past couple of years, he did state that this money would be used, or at least some of the money would be used in the second coming. That made me smile. <laughs> yeah, really. Will Jesus need billions of dollars when he returns? Or would Jesus rather that the poor and the homeless and the sick and the helpless be helped and be taken care of now? The official LDS response, in part, was this. Hmm. Over many years, a portion is methodically safeguarded through wise financial management and the building of a prudent reserve for the future. This is a sound doctrinal and financial principle taught by the Savior in the parable of the talents and lived by the church and its members. All church funds exist for no other reason than to support the church's divinely appointed mission. Now, there 
might have an appointed mission, but it's not divine. Taking over the world is what their <laughs> mission is. <laughs> Although the parable of the talents which they quoted can be used to encourage uh, prudent financial habits, that is not the point of the parable of the talents. And even at that, hiding away the money instead of using it to help people now is at odds with what Jesus taught about money. And besides that, in other places, Jesus taught very clearly about money, not in parable form. For instance, yeah, in Matthew six nineteen through 21, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. $100 billion in earthly treasure, is that where their hearts are? Jesus said, that's where their hearts are. And later in Matthew six twenty four says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Whoa. <laughs> He's pretty clear with these, aren't yeah, we? We don't have yeah, to worry sure about is. the parable, but when trying to understand what it means. This is very clear. And based on the next scripture, the question arises, should a church hedge billions of dollars against a future event? Yeah, and verse 34 of chapter 6 says, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's pretty clear. <laughs> now, so, so they're hoarding money against the future coming of Jesus, which not only goes against what Jesus taught, but is a total waste if they think Jesus will need the money when he comes back. In addition, we look at Jesus' life. Did he hoard money? Did he store treasures or advise storing treasures for his return? No. In fact, Jesus himself was homeless. Matthew 8, 29, 19 and 20. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He didn't have a home. No. He didn't. Polygamists and, and LDS exhort their members to strive to be more like Jesus. But Jesus didn't own a home. He often slept in the open air or he stayed with friends if he uh, was in their area. He never bought a hotel and he didn't build an elite, uh, expensive, exclusive shopping mall or own a private jet. He walked everywhere he went, slept outside, and often cooked his meals on the seashore what it shows. Yeah, Mormonism says pay up or burn. In 2018, Mormon leaders visited Mormons in Kenya and preached to them that the way out of their poverty cycle is to give the church more money in tithing. Now, the link is on the screen to that article if you want to go there and read it. It's really quite <laughs> sad the way that they pre preach tithing to those people. They have also preached Pay your tithing even if you have to starve to do it. We quote. If paying tithing means that you can't pay your rent, pay tithing. Even if paying tithing means that you don't have enough money to feed your family, pay tithing. That's nothing but rubbish. Did you learn that? Did you read things like well, that as a Mormon? It's about faith. I mean, it's, <laughs> it really, I mean, that's, oh. that, 
that's the argument for it. If you're trusting God, but it's it's more of the prosperity kind of a gospel. It, it is, know? yeah. And it goes completely against the New Testament right. and being a cheerful giver and being wise stewards. Right. Uh, but it's a it's a basis of faith. I mean, and, and, and you've got people that are spiritually blind, mm -hmm. and they will be talked into paying their tithing regardless of how it affects anything else immediately. And that's the way it is in the polygamy groups, too. It's the same thing. It's yeah. a matter of faith. Faith that you won't really starve to death. You might get real skinny, you know, yeah. because you have to go to the dipsy dumpster to get your food because you can't pay, you can't spend money. Yeah. So it's the same idea. They just apply yeah. it differently from, yeah. the, from that. But that's rubbish. It is. And truth it be is. told, Jesus gave many warnings against the viewpoint on money that Mormonism itself embraces. He warned his listeners not to be money hungry or worry about future money concerns. We quote from Luke. Yeah, Luke 18, 24 through 27. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Now, this is just another example we've talked about before that Mormonism really, when you get right down to it, does not believe in or follow the teachings of, of Jesus. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. In the same context, it's hard for a rich church to be the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Jesus encouraged us to be spiritually rich, not rich in heavenly treasure. Jesus said salvation is impossible with man, but is possible with God. There is nothing we can do to save ourselves, and even tithing won't help. It doesn't add to it at all. Jesus is the Savior. We're not our own saviors, nor can we purchase salvation. Mm -hmm. In polygamy, members are required to give as much money as they can to what they call build up the kingdom. If they spend money that isn't consecrated to God, they're committing a horrible sin. In the LDS, members are required to pay tithe. Yes. For those who say tithing is optional, they are either self-deceived or deliberately lying for their church. If a Mormon wants to go to celestial glory, he must be a temple-going member. He can't attend the temple unless he has a temple recommend. He can't get a recommend unless he answers a list of questions on worthiness. And one of those required worthiness questions is, do they pay the whole tithe to the LDS church? That's right. No tithe, no temple recommend, no temple work, no heaven. And... Their own Book of Mormon condemns the precise money practices they themselves embrace. I got a chuckle out of these two. <laughs> Mormon chapter 8, verse 32. Yea, it shall come in a day when there shall be churches built up that shall say, Come unto me, and for your money you will be forgiven of your sins. Ooh. In 2 Nephi 26, 29, and 31. He commandeth that there shall be no priestcrafts, for behold, priestcrafts are that men preach and set themselves up for a light unto the world, that they may get gain and praise of the world, but they seek not the welfare of Zion. Behold, the Lord hath forbidden this thing, but the laborer in Zion shall labor for Zion, for if they labor for money, they shall perish. There you go. Mm. Despite their own basic teachings, what yep. we just read, they preach that tithing is required, 
and is part of their ticket to heaven. It's fire insurance it is. against God's wrath. And we're not just saying that. They actually preached it. Yes, they do. We quote. Yeah, President Nelson in the 2011 General Conference, Tithing is an ancient law of God for his people. It is essential and will protect you on the day of vengeance and burning. <laughs> tithing will protect you fire against insurance. God's wrath. Fire yeah. insurance. And I've heard people call it tithing insurance. Yeah. Did you refer it to fire insurance? No, but I knew what, yeah, I, no, I never, I don't think I ever used those words, <laughs> but I knew what, what it meant. You knew what it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, many polygamy groups force 100% tithing, uh, while the LDS forced 10%. Yet there is no law of tithing, as they falsely claim in the New Testament. Tithe means one-tenth, and it was used in the Old Testament uh, for the ancient Israelites, for the upkeep of the temple and the workers there. But the New Testament says to give out of what we have, not out of what we don't have, and not from requirement. You can find that in 2 Corinthians 9.7. In the Old Testament, this came to my mind just this morning as I was going through the notes, the Israelites freely gave so much when they were gathering funds to build the tabernacle. They gave so much with a good spirit yeah. that there was too much. Hmm. Moses told them to stop giving because they had an overabundance. Really? We challenge that for Mormonism. Yeah, I'd like that. To, to tell them to stop giving. We've that. got more than enough now, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened in the Old Testament. If they want to invoke Old Testament law, they need to go through all of it. Mm. Now, there's no such thing as a tithing settlement either as practiced by the Mormon church or <gasps> religious communism <clears throat> as practiced by polygamists. It was mentioned that this $100 billion investment was part, partially in preparation for Jesus' second coming. Well, Mormonism has often wrongly predicted Jesus' return, which false religions are prone to do. We quote. Yeah, from the History of the Church, Volume 2, page 189. Uh, Jesus' return within 56 years. President Smith then stated that the meeting had been called because God had commanded it. And it was made known to him by vision and by the Holy Spirit. It was the will of God that those who went to Zion with a determination to lay down their lives, if necessary, should be ordained to the ministry and go forth to prune the vineyard for the last time. For the coming of the Lord, which was nigh, even 56 years, should wind up the scene. Okay, pruning the, vision, the, pruning the vineyard for the very last time, yeah. and within 60, uh, 56 years it should be over. Well, now Utah um, is Zion, according to the Mormons. They believe that when Jesus comes back, he'll come back in Missouri, and then Missouri will be Zion. Right. The Bible says Jesus will make his touchdown on the Mount of Olives in Israel. And Jesus did not return within those prophesied 56 <coughs> years. 1891 came and arrived, and, and the second coming didn't happen. And that actually did bother many Mormons at the time. Now, it's odd that neither the main church or polygamy groups see the false prophecies as the dangerous <coughs> red flags that they are. We encourage them not to be the blind, led by the blind, following the wolves in sheep's clothing. The Mormon doctrine and covenants <coughs> prophesied about Jesus' return. Are you going to be okay? <laughs> I don't, I hope so. Let's try it. Thank you. I've had a little bit of a cough the last couple of weeks. Prophecy that the earth will tremble and the sun be hidden in not many days. For not many days hence, and the earth shall tremble and reel to and fro as a drunken man, and the sun shall hide his face, 
and shall refuse to give light, and the moon shall be bathed in blood, and the stars shall become exceedingly angry, and shall cast themselves down as a fig that falleth off of a fig tree. That's from the Doctrine and Covenants. Mm -hmm. Doctrine and Covenants, section 88. Now, this prophecy was given December 27, <coughs> 1832. Most of it is plagiarized from the book of Revelation of the Bible, but they added the phrase, not many days hence. Now, it's been over 68,000 days, more than 180 years. So that hardly fits into the time frame of this false prophecy. Of course, as we've said before, time is always the enemy of false prophets. Now, the Bible says Jesus tells us he's coming soon or quickly. However, you know, that's not a false prophecy because the word quickly in the Greek is, or, or, or soon in the Greek, that Greek word can mean shortly or soon. It is also defined as by surprise or suddenly. And that's the context. And we know that's the context of what Jesus meant because in Matthew 24, 44, Jesus says, you must be ready because the son of man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. So it'll be by surprise. That's what quickly means. That's what it means when Jesus said, I'm coming soon. Well, the Mormons didn't mean it that way because they put a date on it. Jesus never put a date on it. So it doesn't mean that he's coming like tomorrow. It means he's coming suddenly when he comes. Mormon polygamy groups in, also invoke Jesus' second coming as a fear tactic to puppet their members into obedience. Warren Jeffs, leader of the FLDS, warned the world would end before or during the 2002 Winter Olympics. Gosh, that was only 18 years ago, huh? Yeah. During the 2002 Olympics in Salt Lake City, Utah, the FLDS were literally banned from Salt Lake City because it was told <clears throat> that it would be bombed and or destroyed. This was where the great destructions were to begin. No destructions, no lifting off. Next, there were predictions that there would be a massive terrorist attack or terrorist strike, I'm sorry, during the 2002 Olympics in Salt Lake City. This could be the start of the destruction. Jeffs explained the time was short and had all the FLDS pull their children out of public school. They instead attended priesthood schools, various private schools that were organized or homeschooled. Didn't happen. <laughs> Later, Warren Jess predicted that April 6, 2005 would be the date for the faithful to be removed from the planet. And then the end would come. What it do, didn't happen. What do their followers think of this? <laughs> I, they always blame the followers. They say they weren't ready. One uh, oh, yeah. They do. Not one, no faith. One member was so disillusioned by all the predictions that uh, Warren Jeffs gave uh, that the end of the world was coming. More than three times he predicted it, and threats of final destructions have usually been time to come, he said, just before Jeffs requested a major financial contribution. <laughs> so again, money was the their motive. motive. Yeah. I grew up in the Kingston polygamy group, and they were always scaring us with teachings that the end was upon us, and we needed to be prepared to flee to the mountains at a moment's notice. Of course, it never happened. Only false prophets deliver false prophecies. The Harmston Polygamy Group also warned the end was upon us. Their own publication, entitled Manti Times and Seasons, published this in 1999. Oh boy. Now that the time allotted by the Lord for us to warn this wicked and unbelieving generation is complete, it is time for the fulfillment of the prophecies of the Lord's great and dreadful chastisements, which are soon to be poured out upon the peoples of the earth. 
and more particularly Latter-day Israel for their apostasy, blindness, stiff-neckedness, and hard-heartedness to see, understand, and do the things of the Lord. That's just another false prophecy about the end times to scare members and to extort money and loyalty. <laughs> when Jesus gave instructions about signs of the end times, he told us to be ready, to be on watch, to be prepared. That preparation was not economic. It was spiritual. To be ready, he said, because when he returns, it will be too late to choose the truth. It has nothing to do with money. The LDS say his return will destroy all wickedness and leave the righteous behind. But the Bible tells us Jesus will come and take away the righteous, leaving the wicked behind. So they warn, obey the commandments so that you will, uh, will not be among, so that you can be among the righteous who are not destroyed. But that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught that salvation comes by grace through faith alone, not by obeying the commandments. So that's what is going Amazing. on as far as money and the Mormonism, actually, um, because it includes both the, the polygamists as well as the LDS Church and how they deal with money. Very, very similar. It is. And, you know, like he was saying, every time he tied this prophecy in, it always had to do with Increase financial contributions. Yeah. Give, so, give us more money. Yeah, we need your money, money for the end times. Yeah. Another story broke about the same time that the $100 billion scandal came out. And this one, again, is about the greedy behavior of the Kingston <laughs> Polygamy Group. We quote from the Salt Lake Tribune. Yeah, this was December of 2019. A lawsuit alleges leaders of a Utah polygamous sect built federal, built federal student aid programs by instructing teenagers to omit their fathers and other sources of income when applying for benefits. Paul Kingston, the top man within the Davis County Cooperative Society, also known as the Kingston Group or the Order, is accused of overseeing what the lawsuit calls a scheme. He directed some of his own children. The plaintiffs estimate he has 27 wives and more than 300 offspring to seek more financial aid than they would have otherwise been entitled to. The suit cites one of his daughters as saying, and when the assistance and when the assistance exceeded what the student needed to attend college, the sec kept the proceeds. Uh, wow. Of course, yeah, there's so <laughs> much about the Kingstons and their money problems. Of course, they deny the allegations and the investigation continues. Well, the lawsuit alleges that members may have attained millions and millions of dollars through false student loan applications. One of the leader's daughters is Nicole Moffey, who filed for tuition aid at, when she's left the group now, but when she was still in it, she f applied for the aid at the Salt Lake Community College. The article reports what Nicole said about this. The lawsuit says Mafi received an aid package that exceeded her tuition. She was instructed, the complaint adds, to deposit the excess funds at a South Salt Lake office building where the sex bank is located. Mrs. Mafi followed Paul Kingston's instructions, the lawsuit states, and never again saw those funds. So they just deposited them yep. into their accounts and used them. Yep. Of course, false prophets are leading these false religions. Mm. So what did Jesus say about them? Yeah, Matthew 7, 15 and 16. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. 
By their fruit you shall know them. That says it all. It does. It that really says it does. All. And there's a story in the book of Acts that illustrates the futility of the idea that you can buy your way into heaven. In Acts 8, 20 and 23. Peter answered, May your money perish with you, because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry, because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. So he called it wickedness. That sounds like that Ananias thing and the wife and husband that... Mm, yeah, after, it was after that. Their, yeah, was it, it? this was Simon. I think this one was oh. Simon. But it was right after that, yes. Yeah. okay. Now we wonder, why are polygamy groups so often in the, in the news? Because of their crimes involving money. Food stamp fraud schemes, income tax fraud schemes, income tax credit fraud schemes, illegal child labor schemes, and now student tuition fraud schemes. <laughs> Jesus warned us against these things. Mormonism, including polygamists, teach that members must buy their way into heaven with full tithe, burdensome good works, ordinances, and obedience to their Mormon commandments. But Jesus says any righteousness we can have comes directly from him as a gift, never from our own works or efforts or money or trying to become righteous. In fact, our works of or for righteousness are filthy rags to God. And you can check that out by reading Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. So that's our report on Mormonism <laughs> and money for this time. It is interesting, like you, this list of food stamps. They, they've been in the news for all these things, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, yet they claim that they're the kingdom of God on the earth. And, mm -hmm. that they're, and, and they keep doing it. It's such a hypocrisy. They, they, uh, who knows what they get by with? These are things they were yeah, caught with. Yeah, these are with. things they get caught with, but the things that we don't even know about. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, amazing. That's true. That's so well, true. I'm glad you escaped. Well, thank you. And thank you, Earl. I hope your cough gets better. Thanks thank for, you. I'll for be better. sharing this here. You know, Mormons and polygamists should know that the riches that they are amassing as a hedge for the future will not benefit them. Did you know that in heaven, gold is treated the same way that asphalt is treated here? God is not impressed with money hoarding. Instead, he wants us to help those in need. In fact, James tells us that pure, pure religion is helping the widows and the orphans, not saving up billions of, of dollars for possible future needs. Mm -hmm. Jesus asked, what good does it do to gain the whole world but lose your soul? He said to a rich man, go, sell all you have and give to the poor, and then come and follow me. Notice he didn't tell him to go sell all he had and give it to the church. Our prayer is that Mormons and polygamists would give up all their false doctrines and take God's free gift of eternal life by grace alone, through faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone, and then come and follow Jesus instead of Joseph Smith. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.